This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is episode 401. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. Up on this episode, we are starting our collective group of mini-reviews for the 31 of October, selected by myself, which is, for those that are new to podcast Under the Stairs, a collection of 31 movies that have been released this year. So these are titles that I've not seen before. It's a great way to play catch up and make sure you round out your list for the end of the year. But movies that have come out this year that I've just not seen yet. Now, the 31 movies are relatively diverse and for the most part, I would say 99% of them are available on Shudder, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, Netflix, and maybe at a push another site like a Curzon or, or something along those lines which we actually used for one of the titles on this episode so I didn't just pluck that from my ass but yeah this is the first six movies that I have watched and we'll be doing another couple of these throughout the month guess what filling in the movies that I've watched in between the movies that I've watched so yeah tons of stuff happening here. So the first six titles will be introduced by clips from the movies and then mini reviews. They will be non-spoiler reviews because the titles have just come out this year. So I'll be quickly recapping the details from IMDb, what I liked about the movies, what I didn't like about the movies, assigning them a grade and then I'm moving on. This is your Friday episode for the week though and believe it or not, believe it or not, there is still two episodes left in the week to come. Tomorrow, we'll be dropping the first instalment of the, let's see, let's get the math right, five-part Hannibal Lecter series that we're doing for Russian Roulette franchise retro. So tomorrow, we'll kick off with Manhunter and my guest, Jeff Lawn. And then on Sunday, 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 it is the 88 Films Italian Collection series of reviews. The penultimate title there, Violence in a Woman's Prison, will be dropping its way to Yow. And then on the Teapots Collective this Sunday, I'm apparently doing The Nasty. And if that episode records, then it will be released Sunday night. That is you all caught up, ladies and gents. So let's do this, shall we? Uh, the very first movie that I covered as part of my 31 of October was a little movie called Day Shift. It happens to be on Netflix, an exclusive there. And don't let the amazing cast fool you. This movie might not be all that great. They're pretty, pretty horrified about the fact that I'm a vampire. Right. right. But also, like, yeah, I don't know, kind of amazing. Yeah. Like my blood, it just—it feels like it's on fire. Yeah, and... like a, like a lot of energy drinks. Oh, I can smell everything. Yeah. God, did I shit myself this time? No, 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 no. You look fine. Did you see anything? Is there like a mark? No, you look good. Everything looks great. <gasps> 
Listen, let's just take it easy. We're gonna work this out. Oh, wow. Mainly, I just... Whoa, I just feel... hungry. God damn it, Seth. Sorry, kid. I'm actually gonna miss you, man, you know? It's crazy how you get attached to somebody. Shit. Bud? Huh? You cut my head off. I thought we were friends. Uh, I, you rushed me. It's, it's just reaction. That's what I do. It's in my blood. It's like, you ever see Tyson? You don't walk up on Tyson either. Friendship is complicated, huh? Yeah, friendships are complicated. Right, wait, follow my voice. Left, there, yep, okay, easy. No, 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 okay, easy, easy. Okay, here we go. The fuck? Okay, gentle. Gentle. Still fits. So that was a clip from Dave Shift. This one is available on Netflix wherever you have access to Netflix. It was an exclusive title on that platform. Directed by G.G. Perry, who, this is his directorial debut. The guy has credits longer than my dick for being a martial artist and stunt coordinator for, like, all massive action movies which I'm assuming is this is the way of the industry saying thank you very much for doing all that, here is a movie to direct. Um, it's based on the screenplay by Shane Heaton and Tyler Tice and stars, wait for the cast here, you've got Jamie Foxx, Steve Franco, Natasha Lou Bordizzo, Megan Good, Carla Souza, Steve Howley, Scott Adkins, Oliver Masuski, uh, Snoop Dogg, Eric Lang, Peter Stormare, the list goes on and fucking on. Synopsis for this one is listed on IMDb as a hard-working blue-collar dad just wants to provide a good life for his quick-witted 10-year-old daughter. His mundane San, Fer San, Fer San Fernando Valley pool cleaning job is a front for his real source of income, hunting and killing vampires. Oh, dear, this movie. Um... So, for those that are just paying attention to now, the 31 of October I do, I always pepper in movies that I have a sneaky suspicion I'm not going to enjoy. The reason behind it is I'm always willing to be proved wrong. And this one has some actors that I enjoy. It had a trailer that looked kind of interesting and a premise that I thought might be okay. And then I sat and watched it and realised that, and I've been talking about this a lot today, I think I'm over the kind of vampires are everywhere and we have people that know martial arts and that's the only way that can stop them I think I'm over those movies um, I think I've seen just maybe one too many and Day Shift whilst being bright and incredibly well choreographed does nothing new at all for me I've found that at times nauseatingly bad um the humour didn't really work for me and the action sequences whilst amazing there's just not enough of them like this movie should have been much more action and a lot less talking I don't understand why Snoop Dogg's in this um, and then the movie even has the, the kind of gall to at the end like co-opt 
the amazing end line from The Lost Boys, which is what I wanted to watch instead of watching this movie. Um, I mean, the acting's good. You've got good actors here. The script is pretty shitty. Uh, it's a lot of kind of we're really clever and we know what we're doing and vampires are everywhere sort of stuff. The action is incredibly well choreographed and really, really cool. CGI is overused, but that's par for the course. And this is a long movie as well. This is almost two hours long. This is not the first time I'm going to be seeing this, I imagine, throughout summer... Uh, well, I was going to say throughout summer series. Throughout the 31 of October. Like, movies like this should be no longer than an hour and a half. Um, any more than that is just ridiculous. This is just a bore here under two hours. And it feels that by about the midway point, you kind of feel like you've seen everything the movie has to show and that's right it's just more of the same to the end um I, I mean at this stage i know there's trouble in paradise that paradise being the blade remake reboot thing which has mahershal ali who is an actor that i genuinely love um kind of taking on the wesley snipes blade role but the director this week i think walked out on the project i'm just saying let that die I think we we don't need it. Like, Blade was remarkable because when it came out, there was no movies like that. And since then, we've had a fucking ton. We've had to sit through that Underworld series and, you know, and all the other kind of, we are we are vampire hunters and we're going to take them out. I mean, and then you get to this and it's like, ugh. It, it, it makes me pine for John Carpenter's Vampires, a movie which... Like, none of the guys were martial artists, and that kind of, they were all, like, pretty shit as well. And that's kind of what made that movie great. Uh, Carpenter, once again, saw the writing on the wall. Uh, yeah, Dave's Shift is just a painfully, painfully, painfully dull movie. With great action sequences, and, you know, great action set pieces and setups. But ultimately, it's one of those... Like, when I watched it, I didn't feel like I'd gained anything except lost two hours and a place on my 31 of October, which I could have used for something else. Um, which is sad, because, like I say, I don't like... I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the positive guy who picks movies that, you know, he kind of wants to watch and everyone's happy about. It. And then I sit down and watch this and realise that's not going to be the case for me. Uh, yeah, it's not absolutely terrible, but I'd be lying if I said I liked it, and it's probably closer I didn't like it. The action sequences are alone what are getting this movie a 2.5 out of 5. Uh, and that's all I have to say about that. Up next is my best friend's exorcism, which was on Amazon Prime. Here's a clip. Uh, so, um... get sick? Real sick. Like, physically, she got all grotesque and gnarly. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She say depressing things? Hmm? She may be trying to hurt herself? But then she got better, right? Better than before. She looks copacetic, but up here, she's freaking cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Am I right? Uh, I, I guess that's one way to put it. Mm-hmm. She been committing sins? Huh? Grouchy? 
PMSing all the time. Sorry, do you know what that means? I'm 16. Oh, rad, sorry. Um, but, uh, yes, yes, and, and yes. Okay. Did her eyes turn black like a shark's? Her eyes seem fine. Right on. Well, <clears throat> even without the eyes, dollars to donuts, it's demonic possession. And that was a clip from My Best Friend's Exorcism. This movie is exclusively available on Amazon Prime at the moment and is directed by Damon Thomas. Um, this is based on the Quirk books by Grady Hendrix and the teleplay was um, done by Jenna Lamia. I think that's how you pronounce that. Movie stars Elsa Fisher, Amelia Miller, Rachel O. I don't know even how you know pronounce that. Uh, we're going to see Rachel Canu, Cathy uh, Ang, um, Clayton Royal Johnson, Christopher Lowe, Nathan Anderson, Cynthia Evans, Rachel Lee Cohen, uh, John Stoneburner, that's an amazing name, Cameron Bass, and there are some other folks in here. Synopsis for this one is listed on IMDb is Teen Best Friends Abby and Gretchen Grapple with an Otherworldly Demon that takes up residence in Gretchen's body. So I've never done the books, and I know they are apparently great. They've got a lot of buzz online. And this was a anticipated, very anticipated adaptation of said books. The other thing that I knew coming into this was that uh, Elsie Fisher is in this who I think is a great actress. I've been a fan of hers since she was in that movie 8th grade, which I thought was great, and I thought she was excellent in it. Not genre, but I thought she was excellent in it nonetheless. Um, yeah, I was kind of hoping for something... Right, I'm trying to think. I think I spoke to Baz about this, and Baz said, it's got that kind of... It's got a vibe that kind of falls somewhere in the, you know, Stranger Things category. And I was like, oh, cool. Well, you know, I happen to like... Stranger Things, so we'll see how that goes. And over a time period in a setting and a, a, a kind of oeuvre, it has that 80s Stranger Things thing going on. Um, I really wanted to like this more than I did. I think on some level it really works. I think the demonic possession stuff is done really fucking well. Um, I like the kind of vindictiveness in the high school stuff that happens. That is all pretty cool. I even like the humour element to do with the, the, the yogurt-eating guy that you heard in the previous clip. Um, the guy that they bring in originally to give spiritual advice in an exorcist. Um, I like that aspect. I just found, for the most part, this felt like I was a bit too old to be watching it. Um, actually, I'm really interested to see what my, my daughter's going to think of this. My eight-year-old, I think, would love this movie. I just felt like a lot of it didn't necessarily gel for my tastes. That's not to say it's a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. I just felt it was aimed more at a young teen market, which it probably is. I mean, it like let's be honest, it probably is. It's probably not meant for a 41-year-old curmudgeon that likes art house horror movies. Um, the performances are really good, uh, like across the board. I think the acting is well done. I think it's shot really well. I think this one is paced really well. Unlike the previous movie, this knows getting in and out in just over an hour and a half, and that's all you need. It plays certainly with a lot of tropes. Um, it's not bringing anything 
like completely new to the mix, nor does it need to. Like I say, just as personal preference goes, I found it just like a rehash of a ton of things I'd seen before that on that level was fine, but not, not something to really write home about. Like I say, I don't necessarily have any negatives, except I've seen it all before. And if your market is the teenage market, which I think it probably is, chances are they haven't seen a lot of these movies, which means it plays a lot better to them. So I, I kind of damn it with, with the kind of faint praise here. Um, yeah, I like this one. I, I, I can't go as far as I really liked it. I think there's a lot to mine out of it if you're younger and you've just not seen a lot of possession movies. It certainly was fun when I was watching it, but... I don't know if I'll ever go back to this. I may be watching with my daughter, but I can't see myself ever coming back to this one again. Whereas I can imagine my daughter watching it and then re-watching, 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 re-watching. So, yeah, not for me, but not bad by any stretch of the imagination. I gave this one a three and a half out of five. We are going to move on, continue on to almost the halfway mark of this episode when we finally get to a movie I was very much looking forward to. Uh, this one was available via Curzon Media and is the new film by man that I love, Peter Strickland. This is Flux Gourmet and you're going to hear a clip for it right now. <laughs> what happened? The mangrove snacks. Who are the mangrove snacks? They applied for the residency. They didn't get it. And this is how they respond? Happens all the time, this kind of thing. For every culinary collective I offer a residency to, a dozen others give me hell for rejecting them. I have a whole folder filled with poison pen letters. I'm sorry. I'm used to it, sadly. Why did you reject them? I don't like what they do to terrapins. So you only chose me because I'm vegetarian? I'm not going to get drawn on my selection process. All I will say is it involves a huge amount of thought and responsibility. I'll ignore your facile comments since we welcome carnivores as much as herbivores. Ultimately, I'd consider the mangrove snacks if they actually had any talent, only for your exclusive information. They can't even do transgression very well. If it was me, I'd grab the mangrove snacks by their shriveled little testicles Can we leave it, please? I'd rather focus on our trip to the shops Yes, but we're dealing with rascals here. If it was me, I'd make a stew out of their loudest... And that was a clip for Flocks Gourmet. This is a brand new movie written and directed by Peter Strickland. He of Barbarian Sims Studio, The Duke of Burgundy and In Fabric fame. Um, this one here stars Harry Alexander, Paolo Bificio, uh, Leo Bill, Richard Bremer, Ginger Brunton, Asia Butterfield, Gwendolyn Christie, Katiana Correa, Sarah D, Ingrid Evans. Um, oh, the list just goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Uh, Fatima Mohammed is in this movie. She has been in every single Strickland movie and continues to be fucking incredible and in everything. The synopsis for this one is set in an institute devoted to culinary and elementary performance, a collective finds themselves embroiled in power struggles, artistic vendettas 
and gastrointestinal disorders. Um, so yeah, like cards on the table, I love Peter Strickland. I've yet to see a Peter Strickland movie I didn't like. Granted, I've not seen his short, which I know was apparently not very good and a lot of people didn't like it. But in terms of films, Catelyn Varga, I think, is fucking great. Um, Barbarian Sound Studio completely bowled me over when I watched it and every time since. I've, since. Um, the Duke of Burgundy is possibly his best movie. Um, and it's a movie that plays with the idea of um, Euro-erotic films from the 70s without any nudity. It's weird to say he just nails it. And In Fabric was awesome. I loved In Fabric. So very curious to see what this movie would bring. This might be his most out there movie, if I'm being honest. It is a dark comedy for sure and one that is quite happy to explore the realms of not only gore, because it is quite gory, um, and those kind of uncomfortable gory elements in horror, whilst being absolutely farcical and playing with almost puerile toilet humour. Sometimes it all worked really, really, really well for me, and I was kind of bowled over by how well it worked for me, even though it is, for the most part, a lot of fart jokes. Um, and then other times it kind of felt, and it's the first time I've ever said this about a, a Strickland movie, a little bit style over substance. Um, when it's on form, it's absolutely brilliant, and I kind of got the feeling that what Strickland was doing was really actually kind of poking fun at himself, but also the idea of of kind of criticism in general against the arts and how artists themselves can be lost in the pretense of what they do. And from that point of view, I was I was bowled over, you know, like uh, when that works. And then other parts, I just felt like maybe the jokes ran too far. So I mean, you've got. Phenomenal performances here. This is cast really well, but all his movies are cast really well. They are all clearly in on the joke, but they're all playing it so straight-faced and also so off-kilter that it's quite alarming to watch in the best possible way again. Um, and then it's shot beautifully. Strickland's eye for detail and design and score. The score of this movie is absolutely brilliant. It just all comes together. The effects, really, really well done. Sound design, incredible. But like I say, it's predicated on some stuff that I think maybe stays a beat or two longer than it should. And as a result, that invariably knocks it down in my grades. This is, of all the movies I watched thus far in my six days, this is the one I would have the hardest time recommending. But I always have that with Strickland movies overall. They're very difficult to recommend to anyone who is not used to watching that sort of uh, that sort of cinema. Uh, one that is is kind of designed to be a bit absurd. And this one, of all the movies he's done thus far, is definitely on the fringe of uh, absurdity. Um, definitely straddles that line for sure. Um, it really is, for the most part, one really long fart joke. Which, but done in the most artistic way. It's, it's so bizarre. Um, I really liked this, but I, I didn't love it. And I really wanted to love it. And I'm kind of upset that I didn't. This probably gets the lowest grade that I've given any Strickland movie. And I gave it a four. 
Um, I will watch this again. I don't know how quickly I'll come back to it, but I will for sure watch it again. Um, Flops Gourmet in the UK is available via Curzon Media. In the USA, it's available on Shudder, so you can check it out exclusively available over there. Right, let's continue. The good times are rolling through my list. And the next movie that was on that list is another Shudder exclusive, and it's Speak No Evil, a horror movie all the way from Denmark. Here's a clip. And that was a clip from Speak No Evil. So unless you've been living under a rock, uh, this movie's been getting a shitload of traction on the social medias. Uh, debuted on Shudder about two weeks ago. And what I was seeing, and I, I would stress this, please go into this movie known as little as possible. So if you're even intending on seeing this movie, and I would suggest you see this movie, you might want to either skip ahead. I can try and ensure as much as possible that I give away no details in this. So if you want to stick around, um, please do. But this is this is a movie that you need to go in cold, even though the internet is going to tell you that the end of this movie is like crushing and it's weight. Um, it never really prepares you for that. Like what the people <laughs> write on the internet doesn't really prepare you. I didn't know what to make of this movie for about, uh, what, two-thirds of its runtime. I just felt really awkward and uncomfortable, and that's the movie's setup is to make you feel that way. And I can attest the last, what, 15 minutes of this movie are, are bone-chilling. Like, absolutely bone-chilling. Um... It's so effective and it's so well done and it's so cold and so in your face. Um, yeah, th this is going to be in my top 10 this year. This is going to score really high this year for sure. Um, let me give you some information, what I can. Um, and if there's anything here that seems like a spoiler, I'm going to jump past it. And then I'm not really going to talk much more about it. I'm going to give it its grade and then we're going to move on. This is directed by Christian Tadurup. Um, who actually wrote it alongside Mads Taftrup, which I think might be his brother, potentially. Um, the movie itself, powerhouse performances by uh, Morten Buren, uh, Sidsel Siemkok, uh, Fedja Van Hoot, Karina Smolders, Leva Fosberg, Marius Damselev, 
and Hitchim Yakubi. Um, I'm, there's some other people here, but they aren't really worth mentioning any any way, shape, or form in time. Uh, anyway, the synopsis for this one is a Dutch family visits a, sorry a Danish family visits a Dutch family they met on holiday. What was supposed to be an idyllic weekend slowly starts unraveling as the Danes try to stay polite in the face of unpleasantness. Um, I think that's enough in terms of details. This movie has great acting. It has great setups and executions. It has a great, a great script. Weirdly, for the most of the runtime, you can not sympathise, but you can understand what's kind of roughly happening. Um, it will demand that you um, suspend your disbelief at the end in one element. Well, at least I felt that way, although I could see that being completely feasible with what I've seen before in the movie. Once again, not spoiling anything. It's paced really, really, really well. It is incredibly uncomfortable from about 15 minutes in right to the very end. And the ending is fucking like jaw-droppingly good. Jaw-droppingly good. Uh, this is hands down one of the best horror movies I've seen this year. Uh, I think it's that, that good. Um, it evokes all the the tone and the the cold delivery of something like a like a Haneke's Funny Games, or even a Goodnight Mummy, which I know has been recently remade, but the the original one um, it can exist in there, or even to an extent something like The Vanishing. This movie is definitely definitely in the kind of European cold ending of, of a movie like The Vanishing, for sure. It would twin really well with The Vanishing, actually. Um, so, yeah, I think this movie... It's a five. It's a five. This is absolutely fucking great. Um, and, yeah, it's on Shudder. Please, 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 please check it out. And uh, be prepared to spend the rest of the night just upset. Which is kind of how I felt. This movie, like, hit me raw. Um... So, so well done to it. Five for Speak No Evil. And we're turning our attention to Netflix. And uh, yeah, uh, it's time to talk about a brand new title that's only just dropped this week. And Mr. Hartigan's phone. Here's a clip. So you think that Sinclair was wrong? And that you can get ahead by doing good work and following the rules? Craig, 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 you don't misunderstand. I admire hard work. I love smart work. You have to be fiercely competitive to survive, to be first. You have to be bold. You have to be ruthless. Don't ask for what you need. Ask for what... No, no. Don't ask. Demand what you want. Mr. Arrigan? Yes? In your life has... Anyone ever tried to bully you or take advantage of you at work, I mean? Every single day. And how'd you deal with that? Harshly. And that was a clip for Mr. Harrigan's phone. This is just available on Netflix. Only came out like three days ago. It's part of their big push towards 
whatever it is that Netflix are doing uh, over October. Just tons of stuff. They've got the new Mike Flanagan show. They're doing a Jeffrey Dahmer special. Unsolved Mysteries. Cabin of Curiosities, which we'll be doing right towards the end of the month in detail. All eight episodes of that. Um, this one here, though, is directed by John Lee Hancock, who adapted the screenplay based on the Stephen King short novel. It stars Donald Sutherland, Jade Martell, Kirby Hill... Uh, Baptiste, I think is how you pronounce that, Joe Tippett, Cyrus Arnold, Ivan Armalobullion, uh, Thomas Francis Murphy, Josie Alexson, Colin O'Brien, um, Peggy G. Scott, Alex Bartner, other folks. The synopsis for this one, as listed on IMDb, is when Mr. Harrigan dies, the teen who befriended him and did odd jobs for him puts his smartphone in his pocket before burial. And when the lonely youth leaves his dead friend a message, he is shocked to get a return text. It's a pretty terrible synopsis. Gets a few details wrong, except the main detail, which is the communicating with the perceived dead. Um, this is a well-shot movie. This is a well-acted movie. This isn't a scary movie by any stretch of the imagination. And weirdly, what I felt watching it was it felt like a kind of a more serious Tales from the Crypt. Like something that could have been knocked out here comfortably in 45 minutes, but inexplicably was stretched to an hour and 45 minutes. Uh, this movie's far too long. And the, the kind of sad thing about it is all the supernatural stuff doesn't really kick in until after the hour mark. And the relationship between Donald Sutherland, uh, his character Mr. Uh, Harrigan, and Jaden Martell, who you'll know mostly from his performance as Billy, the kid, not Billy, the kid, but Billy, the kid actor in It. So, b -b -b Billy boy. Um, in It, the kind of more recent one. The So, that's kind of where you've seen him before. His performance alongside Donald Sutherland is great and I kind of loved that and when it moved into the supernatural element that's kind of where I lost interest which was weird for a horror movie. It was doing everything great until it moved into the supernatural realm and then by then we were an hour and ten I couldn't care. Um, yeah this is another one where I was watching it going maybe I'm too old for this like I once again think my daughter my eight-year-old is going to love this movie it just didn't have any impact for me. So I kind of plodded through it and yeah, it's not a bad movie. That's the thing. It's just I don't think it's necessarily an effective horror movie and as a result, I can't really give it any... I liked it, but I, I, I can't go any further than that. I don't really have anything else to say about it. Um, yeah, Netflix, try harder, please. And it's a weird Stephen King story to pick. Like, it's linking it into, like, the idea that, you know, the, the dim full of society based on telephones and smartphones and social media and fake news and all the rest. Which, once again, would feel like a really poignant message, I don't know, like, four years ago or something? I think we're all so fucking long in the tooth now. I couldn't care about that element in there. Just give me a movie of Donald Sutherland just acting with this kid and him reading them books and shit at school and it works a lot better for me. Uh, yeah, I liked it, but I can't go any higher than a 3 out of 5 for Mr. Harrigan's phone. Which brings us to our final movie 
which is available on Shudder. It came out yesterday on Shudder. You're going to hear a clip for it, and then I'm going to return talking about Deadstream right after this. I'm always out of touch with the rules on these things. <clears throat> Spirit from another time. I touch something that was once thine. Come to me, I summon thee. Red Rover, Red Rover, send dead babies right over. Jeez, I'm not sure how you're supposed to tell the difference between old house sounds and ghost sounds. Go several. And that was a clip for Deadstream. This is the Shudder exclusive and it came out what yesterday, I think, the this recording. Um this one is written and directed by Vanessa and Joseph Winter. Um I'm assuming either brother and sister or married couple. And the movie itself stars Joseph Winter in the the main role. Uh, Melanie Stone, we have Jason K. Wixom, Pat Barnett, and a lot of other people here who are small clips in the movie, so we're not going to spend any great time on this. Um, synopsis for this one is he disgraced internet personality attempts to win back his followers by live streaming one night alone in a haunted house. But when he accidentally pisses off a vengeful spirit, his big comeback event becomes a real-time fight for his life. This is a lot of fun. This is, like, I was so glad that I watched this. Um, I mean, I've seen some of the the realms of people going, it's just Evil Dead. Um, I, I think that's lazy reviewing. I think it's heavily influenced by the Evil Dead, but it's not the Evil Dead. Um, I can count many movies where a seance happens and things go a bit fucking pear-shaped. Um, you could argue that the maybe the effects are Evil Dead-ish, but I actually thought this movie was more in line with something like A Grave Encounters in terms of its setup uh, and initial execution, and then it kind of folded in elements of the Evil Dead in there kind of later on. So I think it's a bit more... It's a bit more thoughtful than that. Um, this has a powerhouse central performance by Joseph Winter, who is incredibly likeable and unlikable on the camera. So he's like, he nails both. Um, it's like it says, it's all kind of shot as a kind of high-tech live stream by a internet personality who has had a fall from grace of some description. We later find out what it was that kind of quote-unquote got him cancelled. But this is him trying to make a return. And he decides to do... He's easily scared, so he decides to spend the night in this haunted house. And things start going pear-shaped. This is under an hour and a half long, so that is the fucking call that I will take. Um, it is, it's fast-paced. It's surprisingly fun. The scares are exactly what you expect them, but that's not in a kind of eye rolly sort of way. It works to fit in with the story. As some twists and turns that I thought were really well executed, some effects that reminded me a little bit of digging up the marrow. And yeah, it, it was paced really, really well, executed really, really well, and very funny. I found myself smiling 
all the way through it, which is kind of part and parcel for what a movie like this wants to do. Um, yeah, this is probably scoring higher than I expected it to, because like, like found footage horror comedies don't always work for me because I find I get distracted by the the kind of handheld element. I'd much rather it just did the horror side of things. But this actually managed to nail the comedy really, really, really well. Like I say, it's playing with tropes that you've seen in about a million other movies, but it manages to do it in a slightly different way. And even though it's paying homage to things that, once again, I've seen before, it manages to put its own spin and make it fresh enough that I sat through it smiling. So, yeah, this is a ton of fun. It's, it's definitely one you should check out. It's on Shudder. Um, exclusive wherever you get Shudder and uh, yeah I give this one a 4 I really like this movie this one could I could see this one being my top 20 for the year kind of comfortably and I could also see myself going back to I've already recommended it to like 6 people since watching it which a movie like this relies on it relies on people talking highly of it when they like it and I like this one for sure so yeah Deadstream gets a 4 out of 5 from this guy that was my final movie of my first six, my 31 of October. When I come back, I'm closing out the show and I'm doing it right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been episode 401, the first six movies covered as part of my 31 of October with many reviews of Day Shift, My Best Friend's Exorcism, Flux Gourmet, Speak No Evil, Mr. Hagen's Phone and Deadstream. The next episode we drop in this series will be covering, guess what, the next six movies which are What Josiah Saw, Crimes of the Future, The New Hellraiser Movie, Fresh, Firestarter and A Banquet. That's the next six movies. For those out there that are like me in the UK and a bit perplexed as to why Hellraiser isn't on your Disney Plus because it's a Hulu title and Prey made its way over, I believe it's licensing rights. Um, so if you're like me, you're savvy enough to have a VPN, a very good VPN, and a friend that has Hulu, which is how I'm going to watch it. And I'll be doing that either tomorrow or the next day in time for my review. I'm very excited to see that one. It's probably the one I'm most excited out the next group. Um, of movies but we do have Cronenberg in there as well and a movie that I'm almost 100% sure I will dislike which is the Firestarter remake because everyone has disliked it I've heard not a good word about that movie but once again it's balance it's all about balance there's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under the stairs wherever you're listening to us right now hit subscribe that way you get the shows as and when they drop and access to the entire back catalogue of Teapot's content don't stop there subscribe to our sister feed the Teapot's Collective for shows like Where to Begin With Opera Omnia Doing the Nasty and Chronicle as well uh, subscribe to that feed and the podcast under the stairs feed guess what best way to support what i do under the stairs alternatively you can find everything i do on our website tputzcast.com links to all the shows and their archives are there for the picking there's also a show called Jaws Shite and Other Regrettable Outbursts. It's a booze based banter entertainment podcast featuring myself, The Baz, and Scott Liam from Scott Liam vs. Evil, where we get drunk, we talk a lot of nonsense, a load of shite, but uh, in a funny, sort of entertaining sort of way. Our liver is taking the punishment for your entertainment, and that is all you need to know. Jaws is Shite and Other Regrettable Outbursts is exclusively available on tputzcast.com. 
If you're on Facebook and you want to interact with me over there, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teaputzcast gets you the podcast under the stairs. Teaputz Collective has a Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash teaputzcast. And lastly, your weird internet hookup is... Jaws is shy on facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash regrettable pod. For those that hate Facebook and would rather interact with myself and the bads on what I have dubbed the twin prongs of social media sexness, that is the Instas and the Twitters at TputzCast will, uh, will be your hookup right there. The podcast under the stairs returns tomorrow looking at Manhunter, the first of five movies in our Hannibal Lecter Russian Roulette franchise retro. I'll be joined by Jeff Lawn, whose name was Drawn Out the Hat and he will be covering that movie with me. So until then, wherever you are, what the time zone is and what you're up to in this big bad world virus, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off. <laughs>